Welcome into the Pursuit of Manliness podcast, where we are vigorously equipping men to pursue biblical manliness. My name is Jarrett Samuels. I'm the host of the podcast. Men, as always, I'd like to begin by thanking you for checking out today's podcast episode. On Friday, we're sponsored by Dark Water Woodwork, darkwaterkc.com. That link is in the show notes. I want you to know if you visit darkwaterkc.com and you put in today's discount code, you will save 15% off of your beard care products. You say, what is the discount code? I'll give that to you later on in the show. Now, one of the things I really respect about Doug and what he does is the money he collects, he gives a portion of that to help fight human trafficking. January is Human Trafficking Awareness Month. And if you go to his website, you're going to see a few t-shirts there. That He's got more information on his Facebook page, more information on his website. But I want you to know about it. So if you go there and you're there looking for beard care products, maybe you check the shirts out and say, hey, I can help raise awareness. I can help raise some money for a good cause. Men, it's time for today's podcast episode. All right, so we have been walking through uh, the life of Christ. And we're only just a few weeks into this January portion of it, as we talked about a number of weeks ago. Sort of counting the month of December. No, we're definitely counting the month of December as part of the uh, Life of Christ series. And then we're going to move into this until, I believe, Easter, March 31st, whenever that lands around there. So that's where we're at. That's what we're doing. Uh, today's focus is Mark 1, 29 uh, to chapter 2, verse 12. And, and as typical, I'm not going to read it all to you. I'm going to just highlight some things or some things that we want to make sure we, we talk about. There's a lot of healing. In part, when we look at the life of Christ, we look at Jesus healing people. He healed a ton of people. And when we talk about healing, we're talking about from spiritual bondage, but also physical, uh, mental ailments. And, and Jesus is a healer, no question about it. And so uh, we're going to look at just a, a couple instances here. We got Jesus healing many. We got Jesus healing a leper, preaching in Galilee. And then we got the paralytic. And uh, the paralytic is the one that often gets focused on the most. And we'll, we'll land on that because that's the uh, that's the guys who got the friends together and uh, they're going to get him uh, to Jesus. And we always talk about talk about that. And I think it's important in men's ministry to do that. Uh, but but let me begin by just reading a little bit. Immediately he left the synagogue, entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law lay ill with a fever, and immediately they told him about her. And he came and took her by the hand and lifted her up. The fever left her, and she began to serve them. Uh, people would essentially kind of lock arms, if you will, and get their loved one to Jesus. Whatever they had to do to get them to Jesus, that's what they're going to do. So Jesus shows up. Again, Mark is really strong in using the word immediately quite often. <clears throat> and uh, what we see from the text, regardless of what's going on, the ailment is not the focus. The healer is. The guy that's healing. Um, and so we know that regardless of whether Jesus heals us on this side of eternity, we will be healed on the other side of eternity because there is healing in the atoning sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Isaiah 53, 5 says, And he was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. By his wounds, we are healed. And so... Who does Jesus heal? He heals people who are sick, afflicted by disease, pain, oppressed by demons, 
uh, epileptics, paralytics, uh, I mean, everybody. I mean, they're just, I, I think it's really difficult from a comfortable position in my house or anywhere else to really grasp the weight, uh, W-E-I-G-H-T, of Jesus healing these people and what it took for them to get to him, people calling out from, for him from a distance, people trying to silence those who were calling out for Jesus, and Jesus just coming by and just continually healing people. And, and then what what is that like? What is that like once one of your loved ones, whether it's... Uh, you know Peter's mother-in-law here, the leper who gets cleansed, the paralytic. Who? What is it like from the people who got them to Jesus and the person that was healed? What happens then? Now, sometimes we read in Scripture that people come back and thanked him. There was times that Jesus they wanted to follow Jesus, and he said, "No, you need to go back home and tell them what the Lord has done." But what is the change? You know, like, like you go from bad news to amazing news. What's the change? Well, it's everything. It's 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 your appearance. It's the way you talk. It's the way you act. I mean, it's it's going to be completely, completely different. And so let's go to uh, verse thirty three. That evening, sundown, they brought to him all who were sick or oppressed by demons, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. The whole city, A little hyperbole here, Mark. Maybe not. Maybe not. We see people when there's a Black Friday deal or if there's a Stanley thermos for sale or, you know, something new that is the thing that everybody's having and you have to have it and you need to get it. And we we see what people will do to get to that, to experience that. So to say the whole city, it was probably the whole city or very few people weren't there. And maybe if they weren't there, it's because their heart was so hardened. Even people who are not going to believe in Jesus would still show up just because they're curious. They're nosy. Heck, there's times I'm nosy. I'll hear something, I'll hear someone's name and say, what's going on? What's, 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 what happened with this situation? What? Well, here's, you know, we, we're, we're curious. Even if you don't believe in Jesus, you'd still be curious. But, it, I mean, I think we could all agree right now, we could come up with somebody in our life that we would say, I want them healed. It could be that they just, you know, spiritually healed, they surrender to Jesus. It could be physically healed. There's an ailment or something that you're just not getting answers for. You're not sure what's going on. Or something that you feel like is missing from, from your life or that you'd like to see. Like there's a healing that you would like to say, okay, God made that whole. I think we could all come up with at least one person. And so if you knew there was a situation or scenario where you could get them to a person and there's a high probability that they would walk away whole or you would leave whole, you would, you would do what you need to do to get there, wouldn't you? So when Mark says the whole city, he's saying, I'm telling you, you'd be hard pressed to find a guy who would not have shown up to see what was going on in there or gal for that matter. What did he do to those who were demon possessed, who were sick, who were whatever? He healed them. He healed him. Now, there's one thing that happens here in the text, and uh, you'll see it too when when uh, Peter comes out to to, to get him. Jesus kind of has this recluse about him, this this secret, and it's called well, some people call it the messianic secret. Okay, so the messianic secret is essentially Jesus telling them, saying, "Now, don't go tell people who did this." You say, "Well, why would he do that?" Because it's not time. 
it's not time. Once Jesus becomes way more, I'm going to say vocal and open about the fact that he is the Messiah, that he is God in the flesh. I mean, they hit all gas, no break. We're going to, we're going to, we're taking care of this guy. We're going to kill him. 36 months. About 36 months is what Jesus has on the scene here to preach, teach, heal, whatever. 36 months is what they would tolerate. And they killed him. And so he'll say, don't, not yet. Sometimes people listen to that. And sometimes they didn't. And when they didn't, the gospel writer is usually pretty clear that things got more difficult on Jesus moving around. Now, he's still the Messiah. He's still God. But as far as from a just coming and going perspective, no, the crowds were just, it was just overwhelming. So what happens, though? We need to ask, what happens, though, if there is an individual that just doesn't get healed? Could Jesus not heal the person that you've been praying for? Are they not worthy? No, one of the things we need to remember is that God is telling a story through us at all times. We don't get to be the author of the story. He does. And so when things happen, and everyone's got a different story. Everyone has a, a drastically different story. There could be some similarities. Yeah, I had that too. I, I, I kind of had a similar, you know. But, but there's some radically different things that happen within our stories. It's like when they look at the guy and they say, okay, did he sin or his parents sin? Jesus said, neither one sinned. It's not, well, they have sinned, but either one, it's not about sin here. What this is about is that God's glory will be on display. Now, where is God's glory most on display? Through healing? No, through Jesus. Again, who is the divine healer? But God's glory is most on display through Jesus. I'll go back, and rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, this is verse 35, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And Simon, those who were with him, searched for him. And they found him and said, everyone's looking for you. Man, we got something on our hands here. And he said to them, let us go on to the next towns that I may preach there also, for that is why I came out. And he went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and casting out demons. So they said, hey, we got a bunch of people looking for you. Um, we're going to take, we're going to really take advantage of this opportunity. Jesus said, let's go somewhere else. Because he's not just the doctor. He's not just the physical healer. He's saying, that's not why I'm here. Yes, I will do that. But if, if, if Jesus was healing everybody that came across his physical path, well, he'd still be here. Because there's always something. There was a much bigger purpose. And that's one of the things we have to do our best to keep in mind when we go through things or watch other people go through that. There must be a bigger purpose. I've said this before when it comes to like life being unfair. You ever said that? Boy, life is unfair. I catch myself from time to time saying, that's just not fair. Even though I, you know, I tell my kids life isn't fair, I still feel that way at times that life just isn't fair. But the fact that life is not fair, I think we could probably all agree to that, to me, is a sign that there is a divine authority, which I know is God. Because if everybody's effort matched everybody's return, you'd say, well, we're just robotic. We don't have a choice in this. There, this, is, this is bizarre. You know, it's like every kid you know, plays the Little League and they all end up with a trophy. No, your team was 0-12. Why did you get a trophy? There's times that my son's team has gone you know, undefeated or you know, 11-1 or something. I'm just using 12 as an example. And you would say, well, they got first place. Well, the last place team got the same trophy. They got the same snow cones. That's not how life works. As much as we want it to be that way, that is not how life works. 
Now we'll go move on here. We're looking at Mark 2, 1 through 12. This is the uh, the paralytic. This is the story where you got four guys, and they got this friend who was in a bad way, and they said, we need to get him to Jesus. I said it earlier, if we all had somebody that we'd say, hey, they're uh, something's ailing them. Something's not right. Maybe it's you. Maybe it's someone you know. You would do what you had to do to get him to Jesus. If you could find three other guys, you'd say, carry him if we have to. It's, I mean, this guy's already got stuff, and then they're going to tear open a roof and get him to Christ and then uh, make a scene. That would be embarrassing. A little bit, right? As much as you and I would want to be healed and want our loved ones to be healed, we still got that human nature that's like, but I don't want to be embarrassed in the process. Well, as uh, many were gathered together, verse 2, so that there was no more room, not even at the door, he was preaching a word to them. And they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. They could gotten could not get near him because of the crowd. They removed the roof above. And when they had made an opening, they let down the bed which the paralytic lay. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Son, your sins are forgiven. All of us at some point in our lives will be forced to consider two questions. Can I be forgiven of my sins? Is there a way that my past can be wiped out, forgiven, forgotten, removed? And the second part would be, who then can forgive my sins? Well, in Scripture, we learned that that is Jesus and Jesus alone. I cannot forgive my sins. I was watching a game the other night, and they're talking about Caitlin Clark, the Iowa Hawkeye um, girls basketball player. She's phenomenal, phenomenal basketball player. And she did something that was impressive, and um, the announcer said, is there anything that she cannot do? Now, I understand the context, and I'm not trying to be, you know, but I was all in the room, I said, Yes, save herself from the penalty of her sins. You know, there was nobody in the room. I'm not trying to be that guy, right? But it was just the irony of that statement. Is there anything she can't do? And they were talking about on being on a basketball court. But you know what the reality is? We can't save ourselves from the penalty of our sins. Can I be forgiven? The Bible says, yes. Yes, you can be forgiven. Who can forgive me? God. God revealing himself to us through the person of Jesus Christ. We can and will be forgiven. That's such a powerful thought. You know what? That's your discount code for this week. FORGIVEN. All capital letters. You save 15% off your order. Darkwater Wood for Woodwork. Forgive me. FORGIVEN. So, again, word gets out. Jesus is back in town. we got four friends. we got, we got this guy. You know what, man? He's miserable. He's got no life. I mean, if we can get him to Jesus, perhaps everything will change for him. Maybe he can get married or maybe he can have kids. I don't know all the situation. I just know he's got four friends. There's something comforting about having some friends. And uh, that's why I've said a lot with Pursuit of Manliness. If you're here just to digest or, or get the downloadable PDF, probably there's probably a different men's ministry for you. But if you're looking for a community, we got them. We got them. In every nook and cranny, we got them. So we're going to get you to other guys, other high-caliber humans. we got this paralytic. He's crippled. He's powerless. He's dependent upon the compassion of these four friends who physically have to carry him to Jesus. Mark isn't very detailed in this, which I kind of appreciate. He's just given an eyewitness account. This is what transpired. This is how it went down. You get a ladder. You take the roof. You tear it apart. You know, I mean, think about it from all different perspectives. The paralytic's perspective, again, I want to be healed. I don't want to be embarrassed. The four guys going, it's worth it. You got the people sitting around Jesus. They're not budging. They're not going to give up their seat. You wouldn't give it up. I don't think I would give it up. I have a seat in the house where everybody's trying to get in here. I'm not moving. <laughs> no way. Then you got the people who are 
anti-Jesus who are going to be like, who can forgive sins but God alone? The scribe. Jesus is like, we'll take care of that in just a second. But uh, you got those guys. You got four different people sitting there. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. Now, that's not exactly what I would be thinking as a guy came through the roof on a mat who couldn't do anything about it. You know what? We should address the sin problem first. But Jesus sees the most important problem in our life. And the pro- that problem is the sin problem. And again, that's the very thing you and I can't address apart from Jesus. The man wants physical strength back. Jesus says, we're going to get to that. But the most important thing right now is we're going to take care of your sin problem. He wants to be able to walk. He needs assistance. Jesus says, I, you will get that. But I want you in heaven. I want you to, I want you to be forever with me. To me, that's more important than if you can walk around. We can't miss that. Salvation, it will always be more important than physical healing. We're always going to pray for physical healing, right? That's natural. I think it's human nature. We, God, we want them to be healed. We want them to you know, find the answers, to have truth revealed, to let the doctors, nurses, specialists to do what you've gifted them to do. But we need to pray above all, either that they know Jesus or they keep their eyes fixed on Jesus. If they already know him, we say keep your eyes fixed on him. Don't, don't lose sight of that. Jesus says, I, I see your problem. I know, I know you're suffering. I'm going to get to that. But please remember, the main problem in a person's life is not their suffering. The main problem in our life is our sin. And Jesus will address that problem. And so they say, why does this guy speak like this? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Jesus, yeah, I know. Uh, he said, which is easier to say, the paralytic? Your sins are forgiven or say, rise, take your bed, and walk. Well, naturally, words are easy. Anyone can say words. Verse 10 but that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Now that's, that's drop the mic. I mean, that's something you go, that, that, that's legendary. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed. I don't know how the legs start working. I don't know if he makes some noises like I do when I get up in the morning. I don't know if he's got a stretch. All I know is he is immediately healed. I don't think there was any... Ache, pain, nothing. I think it is 100% like as good a shape as a person can be in. He gets up, takes his bed, walks out before them all so that they're all amazed and glorify God and say, we've never seen anything like this. Nope. Nope. Jesus addresses the most important problem in the guy's life. Now, why did it have to come to this? Because I think the scribes have what uh, on Seinfeld they talked about. They called it a tell. Certain people have tell. You're not good with the poker face. And Jesus could look at their face and say, there's a tell. They got a problem with this. So he said, okay, which is easier? Forgive sins or physically heal someone? He said, I'll do both. Now, I believed when faced with opposition, as Jesus is facing for the first time here and the four disciples are with him, you can do one of two, one of few things here. You can retreat, you can react or respond. Retreat means I'm just going to run away. Some people just run away from anything. They just run. React means it's usually regrettable. Or you respond, which is easier to say. That's what Jesus does. He responds, which is easier to say. Let me, let me hand it back to you. Well, they're not going to answer that. Again, he's saying, worse than not being able to walk is spending eternity apart from me. And so, as proof, he says, take your mat, get up, let's go. Jesus, time and time again, will continue to heal people. But don't miss this. He's still, he is still in the business of healing people. And while he, there are many people who are healed physically, it is a short-term healing because our bodies are failing every day. 
I've, I've never met an older person whose knees went the other way and they got more youthful, more vibrant, more vigorous. More, I've never met that person. Knees, back, hips, shoulders, eyes, ears, whatever. Even if the healing is, is 100%, it is still short-term in light of eternity. There are a lot of people who are healed. There's a lot of things that medicine and doctors and people can do to prolong our lives, and I'm thankful for that. I really am. Man, life is such a gift. But it is brief. It is, it is a blink of an eye in light of eternity. We want to make sure more than physical healing, we have pursued spiritual healing. Again, through that atoning sacrifice of Jesus. And maybe, maybe you don't know what that is. I'd say get in a word and figure out who Jesus is. Get around some other Christians. Stay connected to this ministry. We're going to talk about them a lot. We're going to talk about a lot of things here. And uh, the other day, I just thought of this. The other day, was it yesterday? Two days ago, my wife's van wouldn't start. We thought it was a battery. Now, it's whatever temperature it is. I'm not car savvy, but I could, I could figure that out. But it seemed like it was more than a battery. And, and I don't remember the words for it. I had searched what the symbols were coming up on the dash, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what that is. And uh, the way it was parked in the garage, I'm like, we can't even get to it at this because the way we have to park in there. So anyhow, we called the, 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 the company who we bought it from, the car people. What are, what are they called? Dealership. And they got us connected to another middleman that is supposed to do toes and stuff, whatever, and help you, whatever. <laughs> Wrong. We'll never do that again. I say all that to say the, the person that did show up, was a really nice guy. And he was a really nice guy. And man, he got the van started right away, which was humbling as a guy who's wearing a pursuit of manliness stocking cap. And he talked, asked about the thing that was going on in the corner of my garage. And like, well, I have a podcast. We talked and we, you know, had a good connection. And man, he's a super, super nice guy. Now, I'm not saying God didn't have our van start so, so this guy could come to our house, but I'm saying there was a great opportunity just to meet somebody. I don't know his name. He probably doesn't know my name. But just to meet somebody, maybe he'll listen to a podcast, maybe not. It doesn't matter. But I do believe God works all these details out. But he does give us the free will to exercise our own life. I, You know, when that guy rolls up, he could have been a real jerk to me. I could have been a jerk to him. We could have canceled the appointment. All these things can happen. We, we have been given free will. But the same token, I do believe God works in and through all these circumstances for his purpose. Not mine, for his purpose. And so something like that, that was an inconvenience. It was probably an inconvenience for him because I understand there's some things going on there that a truck wasn't working and no heat. I can't even imagine trying to be a tow truck guy in this weather, no heat. That'd be a nightmare. God, God works all these details out. As I was pulling in the garage today, my UPS guy drove by. I think his name is Billy. I don't think Billy listens to the show, but uh, super nice guy. I've shared with him before, you know, Billy mentioned a while back, marriage, not so great. I saw the brown truck today as I pulled through the neighborhood, praying for Billy's marriage. Billy doesn't, he don't know my name. He don't listen. He don't. But I just believe God gives us these glimpses of opportunity to pray for healing. Healing in the marriage. Healing in vehicles. Healing in, you know, relationships. Whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's all about Jesus. It will be all about Jesus. Now, when Jesus heals this guy, the people say, We've never seen anything like that. That would be my question to you. 
Remember the comment about Caitlin Clark? What can she not do? And I told my daughters, I've told my family here, I said, I don't know if you'll ever see something like Caitlin Clark again. Because I've only seen it in Michael Jordan. That's the only correlation I have there. And I'm not trying to make this about athletics. My point is, there are things that happen in our life. You say, I've never seen anything like that. When's the last time Jesus did something in your life that you'd say, I've never seen anything like that? What can he not do? There is no limit to what he can do. I think if we're not careful, we get so cornered or so comfortable or so nuanced in our faith that we just like, this is what it is, this is how it has to work, and this is, and I don't, God doesn't work that way. I was going to say, I don't think he works, I know he doesn't work that way. And I think he's given us a lot more opportunity than we're aware of. And maybe you need to be like the four friends and do what it takes to get your friend to Jesus. Maybe you're the guy who's the paralytic and saying, I got a few people who are trying to get me to Jesus, maybe I should at least consider him. Maybe you're like the people in the house. You're not willing to give up your seat because you're like, well, I just want to sit here and watch what happens, but I'm not scooting over. Or maybe you're like the scribes and say, who can really actually do this? Maybe you're, maybe you're one of those people. I don't know. But I'd say this. I want to be the person that left there and said, I've never seen anything like this. I want that in my life every day. I say this often, and I'll wrap up with this. I think when Jacob was out, spent the night, had a little camping trip by himself, he sent his family across. It's just he and God, and he wrestled me. He walked away and he said, Surely the Lord was in this space. And I didn't even realize it. I want to live my life realizing the Lord is in this space. And he, he wants to do something incredible. He's showing off every day. It's just a matter, will I recognize it? Amen. Think about that. Read Mark 1, read Mark 2. Read the whole book. We're going to walk through it. Man, thanks for listening. Thank you for watching. Let's keep pursuing biblical manliness.